Hey everybody, it's Dave here, Tyler up there, and Darren way over there. We are the members of Vikings First and Skull, and we are here to talk about day one of the NFL draft and what your Minnesota Vikings did by selecting at number 23, they didn't move up or down, Mr. Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. Welcome to The Real Forno Show, managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire, betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website, publisher of Substack Run and Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Darren, we haven't seen you since last week. How are you doing tonight? Oh, doing, doing awesome, Dave. Just uh, watching the draft like everybody else, wondering what the hell the Vikings would do. Is Quasi going to pull off a trade up, down, sideways? stay where he was so uh, he kept me I was on pins and needles just wondering what we were going to do Tyler how many articles have you put out so far tonight 50 um, we are we are currently at 26 uh, for the day Dang hey speed it, speed it up will you <laughs> <laughs> well uh, as we're talking I'm writing number 27 um so like it's uh like it's been a long day. I'm tired, but man, there's nothing like the NFL draft. And this this year's annual selection meeting did not disappoint, gentlemen. What in the world did we just watch? Well, before we get into Jordan Addison, what happened on the day? Justin from from Purple and Gold for Days asks, should we trade up? into the second round and try to grab Joey Porter Jr. No. No? Um, but it, it'll be too cost prohibitive unless you can get a team to take either Zadarius Smith or Dalvin Cook for the majority of that cost. I don't think it's going to be worth your dollar. Uh, I think you can stay at 87 or maybe move up like, I don't know, 10, 15 picks with your fourth round pick and be able to get a player that is – um, very talented that can help your team. Um, I, I really just don't think that they have the kind of capital to be able to go up and capitalize on that kind of player, unless you want to give up uh, next year's picks. Like you're talking like you give up a three this year and a two next year, then you can go get them. And then you have no picks on day two for 2024. So it's, it's going to be a cost prohibitive thing. And that's the only reason I say, no, he is my number two cornerback. Um, I believe he's my number 12 player overall in this class. Like I love Joey Porter Jr. Um, so he's my number 11 player in this class. But I, I really just don't think that they can do it with the um, with the cost. And that's kind of what stinks. Like that's like you just kind of got to live with the fact that you gave that up for TJ Hawkinson. Like right now, it it kind of is what it is. Yeah, but TJ Hawkinson is worth that. You got an All Pro tight end. Um, no, 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 I, I, I'm, Dave, I'm not complaining about the trade. This is just the, um, 
effect of that cost. Like you can, you now cannot go up and get Joey Porter Jr. Or you can't get Brian Branch because you don't have the uh, proper capital to be able to capitalize on those falls. And I, I don't think anybody's going to say, Hey, we, I wish we did make the TJ Hawkins and trade at this point, especially for what he's done. This is just kind of the reality you have to live with. We're not going to be able to get those guys and that's just going to have to be okay. Okay, gotcha. Darren, when uh, the Vikings didn't successfully move up, I'm sure they tried, and I think you thought they tried, but they selected at 23. Did you expect them to trade back at that point? I did, especially as the clock got running down and they hadn't let their pick in. I figured maybe Quasey was getting still working the phones, maybe got a last minute deal that sort of that he was working, but it didn't happen. And, uh, and you know, maybe we'll hear in, the, in their press availability, some generalities about how, what went on or what, if there are any deals to be had, but I think with Quasey, uh, you know, it, uh, I was thinking a lot of people were that they would trade back in the draft. And, but again, it's always a value proposition. Uh, if you feel that, at 23, if you think Jordan Addison is the best guy on your board, uh, then trading back and getting extra dra- uh, draft picks in like the second or third round isn't really worth it because you're getting probably getting lesser players than staying at 23. And I'm sure I'm sure that's what the uh, the calculus was in that one. And we talked about how Crazy talked about getting impact players, and then getting that impact player is more important than getting a couple other players that don't even equal that one impact player. Yeah. And, and Addison's going to, I'd be shocked if he isn't a starter from day one. So <laughs> he's going to have a, an impact. And I think a pretty good one for the Vikings in 2023. Mm-hmm. Well, I got the opportunity to catch the, at least a little bit of Quasi's presser afterwards. He is ecstatic with Jordan Addison. Um, Tyler, why is he so ecstatic? Oh, the guy's a playmaker. As a true sophomore at Pitt, he had like a hundred catches for over fifteen hundred yards and a bunch of touchdowns. Won the Blitnikoff Award for best receiver in the nation. Um, j- last year, uh, who won the Blitnikoff Award? Jalen Hyatt won it two years ago. It was Devonta Smith. Like we're talking like upper echelon receivers at um as far as translation to the next level and of winning this thing. And he, he kind of gives me vibes of Devonte Adams. Um, he's not the most athletic guy. He's got more than capable speed. He's got really quick. Um, he's got a lot of quickness in and out of his breaks explodes out of it to create separation. And he has enough speed to be able to threaten vertically and keep the cornerbacks kind of on their heels a little bit. And then he'll, it can snap off routes and, uh, create even more separation that way. And he's really quick and shifting the open field to be able to uh, get yards after the catch. And the biggest thing with him is the conversation we had with Devontae Smith a couple years ago. He is six foot, 173 pounds. Like he is not a big person. And you saw that when he took the stage tonight, uh, when he got selected by the Vikings, he's just not big. How are they going to incorporate him? What are they going to ask him to do? How are they going to hide that? And those things are going to be so intriguing to see how the Vikings utilize him in this offense because, like, the way that Sean McVay runs this offense, you have bigger receivers. 
you had Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, guys who could block. That's why uh, a lot of people um, were talking about getting Jonathan Mingo because he is basically another tight end. And then you can run 11 personnel, and you basically have two tight ends on the field with even more field-stretching ability. So when you kind of look at all those things together, like I give the greatest solid B. Um, we kind of talked about it in our first live stream, Dave. It's it's not sexy. It's savvy. It's effective. And I think he's going to have a very good career. But I just don't know if the ceiling's there um, to really be super, super, super excited. And I'll be glad to be proven wrong. But I think he's just going to be a very good player for a long time. A great complimentary piece to Jefferson. But I don't know if he is able to take it to that next level. That's why I was talking about Quentin Johnston. But Johnston, uh, like Smith and Jigba started the run. Johnston and Zay Flowers. And then right after that, uh, Jordan Addison. Um, all of it just went right in a row. Um, so they they got my number two receiver in this class. But he would probably have been my fourth choice of that group just because of his lack of uh, limitations just with his size um, as far as like a fit in this offense. Well, Quasi was talking about how good of a executioner he is, how he can exquisitely run and set up his routes and down to the blade of grass be able to move and get a defender off of him. And he takes advantage of that. And that the fact that he played at two schools, you mentioned Pitt and obviously USC, that he has gone against quality competitions in both conferences and proved himself. He was literally, if you watch the presser, he is smiling ear to ear over this pick. He thinks it's an outstanding one. Got to believe in him for now, and I think that's the same. Darren, do you like the idea of somebody who is a tactician at wide receiver, somebody that can run routes probably like, uh, if we want to look at it, like Digsy um, did, and that can get advantage that way versus, you know, Grabbing a a size guy, six foot two, six foot three, or an absolute burner, do you think this is going to work out well in your opinion? Well, Tyler was talking about how he, he thinks he's going to be a very good player, I think, for a long time. I'll take that uh, nine times out of ten uh, <laughs> in, in any round. So I think he's going to be, you know, one of the things that's going to help. Uh, Jordan Addison is that he's going to be playing with Justin Jefferson and uh, with a lot of people paying attention to Justin Jefferson and, and well, as they should, um, I can, you know, I'm just thinking that the Jordan Addison is going to, he's coming into a very good situation and let's not forget KJ Osborne is, you know, pretty, pretty capable player himself as a, as a third guy. I like it. Uh, you know, there are some concerns about, again, his size. Uh, he's not the, the greatest with contested catches are a bit of a difficulty with him. That's something that, uh, you know, we're used to seeing JJ and Adam Thielen in his prime, you know, with great hands and hauling down in tough, tough contested catches. And that's something that Jordan Addison is going to have to improve on uh, when he gets to the NFL level against some of these big physical NFL corners. But uh, I'd be, I don't know. I, when you look at his three years in college, 
consistently very productive and outstandingly productive, particularly at Pitt in, in 2020. So our 2021, um, you know, I, I like guys with that track record. And uh, even if they've got some, some, you know, question marks on the physical side of things. Sounds good. With the Vikings going with Addison in round one, they're obviously beefing up the offense, which we already thought was good, right? Did that surprise you that they went offense versus defense at that position, Darren? Well, I, a little bit surprised just because when you look at the cornerback position, that, that really needs still needs an upgrade and, and talent infusion. And uh, like, a, you know, Joey Porter Jr. was still there. I know he only had one interception last year and there's concerns about, you know, takeaways and that sort of thing, but that's not a big concern for me. Uh, and then Deontay Banks was still there and he, he got picked the, the next the, the pick after that. Um, either of those picks would have been just fine by me too. And I'm a bit surprised that the Vikings didn't go for a corner. I think that was the predictable position that they were going to take with the players that were there. Uh, but uh, again, wide receiver, another wide receiver to compliment Justin Jefferson was also a need. So I'm not going to argue with it. I would have went corner instead of wide receiver end of things, but you can make it a good argument either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boyd tends to think that all of his catches were a good third of them were screens, that he's too slow and too small, will be hurt by game six. Do you agree, Tyler? <sighs> nah. Like, I, I, I kind of get it, but I don't think so. Um, I'm not super worried about kind of the, the injury angle just because he hasn't really been injured. Um I think I think he'll be fine, and especially with some of these smaller guys, they understand how to compensate for it. They understand how to avoid getting hit and how to brace themselves because they know it's like Devontae Smith is like is just able to kind of figure it out and uh, avoid taking hits, go out of bounds, like don't lower your shoulder and get in and initiate contact. Like I think he's going to be okay. Now I can be proven wrong, and he just all of a sudden stinks at it. But when I watch the tape, I don't really have any issue. I don't see him like taking unnecessary hits. Like I think he's going to be fine in that sense. The reason why I'm worried about his size is I'm worried about him doing physical things and dealing with physicality and blocking. Like I just that concerns me. And if you have great blocking wide receivers, it really makes a massive difference in your running game, especially on the second level. So those are my real concerns. I'm not. I'm not really worried about the injury his like thing unless I have a reason to be, and right now I don't. Okay, and I don't know what uh, just to like Justin Jefferson when I look at him on the field, I haven't stood next to him in person, but he's he looks kind of skinny to me, <laughs> and uh, he hasn't he's a tough dude, and he hasn't had it. He's played three years and played every game that he's possibly could have played. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about. Uh, Addison's size either until proven otherwise. Good. Tomorrow, we have rounds two and three, and the Vikings do not have a pick until number 87 in the third round. There's a bunch of good defenders left. We had uh, Brian in the remarks talk about defensive end slash linebacker, edge rusher. Smith was still available at the time. Yes, he was. 
Uh, defensive interior, my favorite, Brian Bersay, who I thought the Vikings might select is still available. I think he would be a great selection if we moved up. We talked about Porter, Joey Porter Jr., and some corners. Do you, either of you see the Vikings trying to make a move tomorrow, whether it be by trading Z, like Tyler said, or Dalvin, if somebody wants to give up, you know, <laughs> Dalvin and something for us to move up, I'm cool. Um, tomorrow to get one of those guys. Do you think they'll make that effort? Darren? I think Quasey's going to try to make an effort to, to get into the second round. If again, uh, I, I, I just find it like the, the trade stuff. I, I'm not seeing where Cook is going to get you any kind of a haul that would get you into the second round or, or get you assets to get you into the second round, I don't think. And with, with Zadarius Smith, I, I would maybe I've missed it, but uh, yeah, he's tradable, but I haven't seen any rumors or any buzz about. You know, he might be going here or he might be going there in the past week, which strikes me as maybe a, uh, strikes me as an indication that there's going to be no activity and movement on him in the next two days either. Uh, but so I think Quasi's going to, if he's going to move in, it's going to be through maneuvering through swapping draft picks and trying to do that addition of subtraction some way. Or, and maybe he just, yeah, like Tyler said, maybe. You look at trading a little bit higher in the third round to get a guy like maybe Brent Soups, a third rounder, but uh, and as a guy that at his size and his length uh, would uh, probably uh, fit for pretty well with, in the Brian Flores uh, scheme. Could be Tyler. Do you think they're going to move up tomorrow? It's a good question. Um, I think they're like. What Darren said, I think they're going to try to manipulate the board. I one of the tough parts is, you know, the Vikings don't have a ton of capital, and I think a lot of it's going to determine on if they're going to be able to move either Zadarius Smith or Dalvin Cook. And if they're able to move one of those guys, I think it's going to make a big difference. If they identify a guy, like let's let's use the hypothetical that you brought up earlier, Dave, Joey Porter Jr. Let's say like Addison was nine in their board and Joey Porter Jr. was ten, so that's why they prioritize Addison. Like, let's say it gets to, like, pick 40, and it's just like, okay, our 10th-ranked player in this class, like, he's my 11th-ranked player, like, is available at pick 40. Like, okay, maybe we need to actually just go get this guy. And there's, I don't think they'll end up getting him, but I think that they'll end up trying to target. And I know it kind of sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but there's always a certain point when it comes to value that is just too good and you just go pay the price to go get it and i don't know what that value is going to be for the vikings i don't know what they're going to be able to offer in order to get up and do those things but it's quasito fomenta he is a wall street stock trader and he's going to treat um these assets like currency and he's going to try to manipulate to get more than what he came in with Mm -hmm. um timothy brought up do you think the Vikings will maneuver around tomorrow to get Hendon Hooker or another QB? And we can also, Mary brought up, do you believe Levis and uh, could be the one, even though he dr- dropped past us at 23? No, I really don't. Um, I think there's an outside shot. Like They have the book on Levis. They have the book on Hooker. If they liked either of those guys, they're taking them around one. Um 
But like I said, uh, at a certain point, the value's too good to pass up. And maybe at 87, they might end up taking one of those guys. I don't think they're going to try and maneuver up for either one of them. They have so many connections to people who are with Will Levis at Kentucky. Um, Kevin O'Connell coached with Liam Cohen in Los Angeles. Uh, Quasi Dopamento is with Rich Gangrello in San Francisco. Like, they have contacts. They already know. And then they met with the guy. They watched the film. And when you watch the film, it's a mixed bag. Like, Hooker is a worse mixed bag. But <laughs> I, I really don't. I really think that they would have just taken him at 23. They had a chance. They were right there. And they said no. Well, which makes. Tyler, would you even. All the more. Would you even pick, Tyler, would you even pick Hooker in the first round? Hell no. I wouldn't take him in round one. Or the second? I wouldn't take him in round two. I'd maybe take him at 87. But I really don't think he's he has the, the future of an NFL starting quarterback. I don't. I think he's a long-term backup at best. Levis has the widest range of outcomes, I think, of any player in this class. He could like he could just as easily bust as become like a like a top echelon quarterback in the NFL. But his likely range of outcomes is probably like Jimmy Garoppolo with the ability to hit a, a just a stupid deep bomb or and difficult like out routes and stuff because he's got a cannon. Uh, yeah, but I, I I don't blame him for passing on Levis. You don't take a guy because you need a guy. You take a guy because he's the guy, and that's why they were trying to trade up to get Anthony Richardson. Gotcha. <laughs> And that's yeah. what happened in, in 2011 when we picked Christian Ponder. <laughs> well, that was out of desperation. Um, they they screwed up there, and they admitted it. Well, Quasi said he knows the quarterback, that they know the quarterback's the most important position. And there's multiple ways to go about it if you don't get the one you wanted in the draft. So that tells me that they may have a alternate plan if drafting this year or next year doesn't work out on replacing Kirk Cousins, they may have that in mind already. Don't want know what that is. Obviously, it means free agents. Uh, but who would be available then? I have no idea. And who, you know, finding that quarterback is the one that makes or breaks a GM's job. So we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will find out. It's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Do you have any predictions for tomorrow, Darren? <laughs> uh, no. well, Bring out Zim's crystal ball and take a look. Oh my my God! Predictions. Well, I predict they'll pick a corner at some point in time. <laughs> That's well, about the weakest predict- prediction you could make, but uh, well, that's what we've I harped got. on. They need ten in the room, and they've only got six. So that's a pretty good bet. Tyler, do you see anything? What do you predict for tomorrow? I think we take a corner with our next pick. Um, <laughs> I, like, this, so I. This is one of the reasons. Like when I was when we started talking about the NFL draft class. I explicitly talked about how I want a receiver first and then you can take a corner on day two because you don't need the one singular player you needed and more than anything on this team was wide receiver two. You needed to find a guy like you need people 
at cornerback. You don't need one really good cornerback to like make a massive difference for this team. You you think you already have those guys. Uh, you need bodies at corner, um, but you needed a dude to be able to take pressure off Jefferson. Now you have that. Uh, and I think you can, there's a lot of talent still on the board. Like cornerback didn't come off the board at all today. Devin Witherspoon, Emmanuel Forbes at 16 ahead of my top corner, Christian Gonzalez, who went at 17. The Patriots just got gifted the best corner in this class. Um, and then Deontay Banks won it at uh, 25 mm-hmm. or 24. Like that's it. Like yeah, we were talking Joey about having, still like, available and that yeah, blew we were, everybody's mind. We were talking about maybe six or seven corners going around one because of how talented this class is, but teams looked at it the opposite way. There's so much talent in this class. We don't need to take one early. And that's why there's so many guys available and they're going to be pushed down the board. You can get a DJ Turner, a Tyreek Stevenson, a Julius Brents. Maybe there's a trade up to go get Cam Smith or Joey Porter Jr., which I don't believe there will be. But we'll see how things end up developing with uh, the like the guys that you want to trade. So we're looking at an interesting day two because of what's available. Hope the Vikings don't take a Ringo or a Tyler will lose his mind <laughs> from, from like Georgia. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say this: if you take Ringo in round three, I'm fine with that. Like that—that's yeah. a bet. I'm I'm taking ten out of ten. Um, like, but I wouldn't take him round one. I w- yeah. wouldn't take him top fifty. I will take him outside of the top fifty. Um, okay. Because, I mean, the dude is a freak athlete. He's just a little stiffer. So you're going to have to figure out how to work with that. And, yeah. All right. Now, because a lot of those guys dropped, that means there was picks made that were, let's say, unconventional. What were some of those unconventional picks that uh, you went? That was strange. I'll let Darren go yeah. first on this one. <laughs> well, I, 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 it's, I guess uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's strange or not, but I thought that uh, Jack Campbell went a little bit early. Love the last name and everything, uh, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't wasn't expecting him to go 18th overall. Uh, and uh, but quite happy that if the, that the Lions were the ones that did that. Because <laughs> they got a lot of they got a lot of picks in the you know what was it five picks in the the top one hundred or something like right. that and uh, and then they 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 picked a running back Jameer Gibbs and then they picked Jack Campbell a linebacker and they, there was lots of other tasty tasty offerings out there that they could have taken but you know that was that, that Campbell was one that surprised me I thought it was a bit strange and then I don't know like Mozzie Smith seemed like he went a little bit earlier right. than maybe you should uh, a little bit earlier than maybe you should. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't, but uh, the Cowboys think differently. No, I, I, I actually, thought, I thought that was a good pick for the Cowboys. I thought I Mazi mocked Mozzie Smith. I mocked Mozzie Smith to the Cowboys at 26 in my final mock. Um, the thing with Mozzie is he was number one on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. And I actually would have been pretty happy with him at 23. Uh, He's like 6'3", 330, and his three cone is rumored to be like 6'7", which is like phenomenal for an edge rusher. 
Like this dude is just athletic off the charts. And I think Dallas is a phenomenal spot for him. But my biggest, my biggest, like what the, what the hell is going on moment was um, Christian Gonzalez. How the hell is he cornerback three off the board and Joey Porter Jr. still available on day two? I don't understand. The dude is literally good at every aspect of being corner. He's big. He has the ability to be physical. He can play off. He can play zone. He can play press. He can play off man. Like he can literally do everything you want. And he goes at 17 behind a guy who weighs 166 pounds soaking he went to wet. The Patriots, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so the, Bill like, Belichick the, is the Patriots sitting there the going. Patriots, <laughs> Dave, the Patriots don't take defensive backs in round one. Like they've taken two defensive backs in round one in like the last 20 years. They build in the trenches. Like, because they don't take defensive backs in round one, it's like, okay, hey, God is going to bless you with just a gift. Here's the best corner in the draft. Like, it's just not fair. Like, and the (laughs) Eagles have one of the best first rounds I've seen. Like, I loved Nolan Smith. Like, people were mocking him to the Eagles at 10. They give up a fourth rounder next year to go up one spot to get Jalen Carter, the best player in the draft. Like, the Eagles, they're just, they're ridiculous. That defensive line is terrifying. Um, yeah. And it's getting younger. Right. And if I remember correctly, we play the Eagles this year, and that's going to be a tough game. We hope our offense overcomes that defense and that our offensive line improves enough to be adequate during that game. That's, it's it's going to be a rough one. <laughs> but we brought up offensive linemen. What did you think of all the tackles that went off today? I called it. Like this is something that had been rumored for a while that the tackles were going to go off fast, and they did. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. It was highest betting odds to go to the Cardinals at six. The Cardinals chose to trade out, and what did they do? They moved back up to get him at six. Um, and then Darnell Wright was a but one of the worst kept secrets. The Bears loved him. They wanted him, but so did the Steelers. Uh, and then the Steelers ended up moving up, and they got Broderick Jones right in front of the Jets. Like Peter Skronsky to the Titans was a pick I had mocked multiple, multiple times. Like we kind of saw this coming, and then I'm a little surprised we didn't get one more in the back end of the first round. Um, like John Michael Schmitz, the Minnesota center, Osiris Torrance, the Florida guard. Like they, they were dominant at their positions in college, and even though they're not quite premium positions like a tackle there's so many needs at the at those positions at the back end of the first round and then i'm surprised that they didn't end up going okay darren did you were there any big round bellies on either side of the ball that you were surprised did not get selected tonight um not, not really like I, I again i was a bit surprised at the <clears throat> The round belly on the defensive side of thing, Mozzie Smith went where he did because. Uh, uh, but you know, later in the first round, for like a run stuffing interior guy, I guess isn't isn't that badly, especially one that's is is uh, is, is uh, can be as dominant as Mozzie Smith would be. But but uh, I yeah I'd, I mean John Michael Schmidt, we know like Tyler said, interior the guards the centers not really premium positions. Uh, usually you do see at least one of them go, but, but uh, Skaronsky might end up being a guy who goes and plays 
gets moved to guard because he's his arms aren't as long as, and he's a little bit shorter at six three and a little bit. <laughs> so, so he might be that interior guard that the the first round guard that the, the or a guy that got picked the first round that ends up going and playing guard at the pro level. Well, a biggest surprise to me was that Brian Bruchet didn't get selected because uh, I he did him. though he did did he I missed that yeah one. who selected him. He was selected towards the end of the first round, but he got selected by uh, the Saints. New Orleans took him. 20, 29th overall. Ugh. One of the teams I dislike. Uh, <laughs> good pick well, for them. They, they needed some defensive linemen because Cam Jordan's getting old and they lost Davenport and Amanyata's gone too. Because so I needed to love rest- the scene, per se, and – Purple is our three technique. Um, oh, well. I think once we get beyond Carter, um, Mozzie, and Perse, I think the talent level there drops way the heck off. Skull TYA, thanks for joining tonight. Uh, we're getting about ready to wrap this up. Is there any other thing from round one? that stood out to you tonight? Either one of you. I think the biggest thing that stood out to me is um, we were, we were reminded that this class isn't very good and the wide variance of how teams viewed these prospects was just as, as big as we thought, like Will McDonald going 15, nobody saw coming. Um, Jameer Gibbs going um, to the Lions. top, like top fifteen. Mm-hmm. Like nobody saw that coming either. Um, I w- I was doing a live hit with Purple Daily, and my eyes were just like, yeah, I, I was saw just, the I picture. was floored. <laughs> that I, I was made the other abs- I was absolutely floored. Oh, it did. Oh, yes. you got to send me that. I want to. I want to use that as a meme. Declan um, retreated it. Yes. Oh, I love. I love Dex. He's great. Um. But I think those were my big ones. Um, I was surprised that Buffalo went Dalton Kincaid. But I also think that they were trying so hard to get one of those wide receivers and they couldn't get up. Because they went in four picks. All four Mm -hmm. of them. Was there any surprise runs for you, Darren? Well, I I don't know if it would be so much a run, but the – Forbes going where he did was a bit of a surprise to me. I thought that was, again, you don't know how how teams value and obviously outstanding ball skills, but uh, I thought 16 was a little bit earlier than I thought, although uh, I thought he would be around uh, when the Vikings, if they stayed at 23, he'd still be there, but that didn't end up being the case, uh, which is fine. But, you know, that was a surprise to me. Uh, I thought he'd go later than he did. Um, And as Tyler mentioned earlier, uh, yeah, they a few less corners picked than I expected, and some of them, like Gonzalez, went later than I expected. Um, so that, that was a that was a big a big surprise, and uh, the only I didn't think there was any major surprises. Uh, Levis not getting drafted in the first round didn't. I'm not really shocked by that either, considering all the the the, the sort of wide 
disagree the disagreements in like how good is he or how bad is he coming into the draft. I thought the uncertainty around him would be that he'd be one of those guys that'd be having a long face in the you know in the green room at the at the end of the first round. Well, he's always he had, came out with the excuse he, of the boo boo toe. Uh, yes, he has turf toe on his left foot or whatever it is. So, well, maybe, but the, that won't, that still that, doesn't affect your arm. And for a no. quarterback, that's the big deal. And told everybody's got a cannon, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Skull TYA, Porter not being selected in the first round, I think that's a big surprise to everybody. I think everybody had him in his fir- and their first. That still leaves some talent available in the second round, whether the Vikings move up or not. We'll have to find out. It's going to cost them if they do, and we know we are limited on picks this season. And we're going to need some next year to go for that quarterback of the future. It's going to be interesting. It's been a long night. We've had fun. I do want to give a shout-out to Kansas City. I thought they did a great job with the draft tonight. Well, yeah. Can't disagree with that. Uh, it always helps uh, crowd-wise when, when you see a lot of people still sticking around. And like was mentioned on the broadcast, the fact that the Chiefs were the last team to pick helps that because the the fans ain't leaving until they make their pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy mm-hmm. talks. He's still surprised that Michael Mayer is still available, tied in. Niner Sickness, thank you for joining us. You'll finally get to pick tomorrow night. Brian Ports talks about it. Tight end, we don't need a tight end for sure, unless we're going to an all-tight end type offense. Um, <laughs> that's uh, I, I, Dave, I will say this. It's something I've been thinking about. This is a historic tight end class. Mm-hmm. If there's a tight end that they just have with a way higher grade, like I think you take him and you just figure it out because you can get rid of Nick Muse. You can just go back on the practice squad. Johnny Munt is – uh, replacement level guy, like I think there there's a a decent chance the Vikings take a tight end in this draft because the value could be just too good to pass up because of how talented this class is. <laughs> Something to think about. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it should, but Quasi loves value, and sometimes like the free agency is to fix holes. The draft is to get talent. Yeah, and and you want to do that. You want to be where you're thinking years ahead and go, hey. I got the guy here right now. We're going to take him. We're going to stash him, develop him, and he'll be ready when, whenever. And that's that's actually a good plan, and we all want to get to that point. I know Darren and I have talked about that. So that's a good thing. Now, tomorrow, for everybody watching, Skull TYA asks, when are we going to host a draft? Hopefully it's soon. Somebody suggested tonight they'll – or tonight, they they like that the Super Bowl winner gets to host. That would give us a little bit extra motivation. Not that we need any more to go win a Super Bowl, <laughs> but I would very much like us to to host a draft. I think we could do it well. Supposedly, people in the NFL whined, well, it's too cold in Minnesota at the end of April. It could be gorgeous in Minnesota at the end of April. And even if it's cold, we've already demonstrated 
We know how to handle that and put on a great show in the best facilities available on the planet as ranked by the NFL Players Association. I think it's a great idea. It should happen. Uh, It's going to be wild tomorrow. We're going to be back. We're going to be, uh, we'll be commenting on live and as normal, Tyler and I will hop on with any reaction and all three of us will join up at the end of the night to discuss it like we just did. And -hmm. hopefully the Vikings make another outstanding pick. Yeah. And we are just three subscribers away from 500 and we have only been a network for a month and a half. So if you are listening or watching for the first time, like, subscribe, do all the fun things, help us out, and we are going to continue to deliver great Vikings content throughout the weekend. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have all our live draft stuff, and then on Sunday, you get myself and the other old blogger right over there, Darren Campbell, breaking it down in in the way we do. Darren, any last words? Looking forward to tomorrow night and Saturday too. Uh, and uh, be what last year, all the well, much of the talk was about how many trades Quasi made. Maybe he's gonna like fool us and not make a single trade in this draft. Uh, but I, I hope that he does because I, I'd like to see us, like we talked about before, get around the seven to eight draft pick range. Uh, us not trading down uh, today might lessen the the chances of that a little bit, maybe, but uh. But yeah, interested to see what he and the rest of the Vikings uh, front office have up their sleeve tomorrow for for uh, for the second day of the, of the draft. What do we say, guys? Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community. And we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone!